Hey everyone, it's time for another edition of Beaver Banter. Beaver Sports Talk lives here. It's the Beaver Banter Podcast. My name is CJ Baumgartner, my co-host Ian Rivers, and we're breaking down all that's going on through Bemidji State Athletics. And Ian, another great weekend to be a Beaver. we wrapping up some winter sports, also previewing on some spring sports that are just beginning. So where do you want to start this one, Ian? I think we just start with, uh, you know, kind of how those spring sports have started off. You know, not, not a whole lot to to report on yet, but uh, I know the softball team was in action again. They've now totaled eight games on the season. Uh, they had bubble invite number two, uh, which I believe was in Minot, North Dakota, and they ended up splitting on the weekend two and two. Uh, so a little bit of an improvement over the first weekend that brings them up to three and five. The first game was uh, at Minot State, the host of the uh, invite. That was a five to six loss in eight innings and then an eight, two victory over Providence from Montana an eight, nothing victory over Carroll college. And then a one to four loss over Montana state billings. So they had a pretty decent uh, weekend two and two, I guess, you know, you never really know. I don't, at least I don't, I know that you're kind of more into the the baseball scene. Um, and I know this isn't baseball, but uh, I never know how much to take from like preseason invitational tournaments or, you know, anything like that. Well, it's always kind of hard because it's like in basketball and all the time where they're getting those games in and you just have no point of reference. So you have no idea uh, like in some of the teams, they play, like they play uh, Montana State Billings. We have no idea if they're any good. We have no idea if they're really bad. And it's just kind of a wash. And by the way, these teams have likely never played each other. So there's a bit of that factor in as well, where there's a lot of familiarity once you get into conference play. So yeah, it's kind of a wash. It's kind of, unless you're really in the know to kind of really tell who's good and who's not, it's kind of just a wash. And like you said, uh, right now, two and two in the last week, their record right now is three and five on the season. And now they go down to Florida for the next handful of games. They're going to be uh, down in March 5th, down in Claremont, Florida, They're going to be taking on Clarion. They're going to be taking on Pittsburgh, Johnstown. They're going to be uh, facing California, Pennsylvania, a little confusing. And uh, teams like St. Anselm College, Millersville, Ashland, Kentucky Wesleyan. It's a whole slate of teams down in these tournaments because you're trying to load in as many games as you can while slowly working your way up north. I think Bemidji's I think on their schedule right now they have their first game of the uh, at the BSU softball field at March 28th to play Crookston in a doubleheader. That one's probably being played at the Chet. I'll be quite honest. But yeah, that's just how their schedule breaks down. I think in these early season games, it's really the one thing that sticks out to me is just where the offense has been at. Now if you look uh, last week we talked about some of their games. They got, they won the first game 3-1, but then scored two combined runs in their two games against Minnesota Duluth and scored eight against you, Marys. And then this week, the offense, a little bit harder to come by uh, in those losses that they had, including a 1-4 to loss and then a 5-6 to loss, that one going eight innings. But then in, the, then in those games against Providence and Carroll College, you saw them get the runs back a little bit more. And I think college softball is, 
just a different animal. It's then baseball in the sense. I mean, the pitchers basically pitch the entire game. The lineups are pretty much set. It's a little bit uh, different of a game, but I think early on for, for this BSU softball team, I think it's getting on that right track because this is a program that has had some ups and downs and hasn't quite been able to get their foot going forward. I uh, get their feet right going forward. I should say uh, over the last couple seasons, trying to kind of hit a refresh on the program. Yeah, so a little bit of a break here for softball. Uh, I think it's a couple weeks before this Florida tournament or gauntlet, whatever you want to call it. A lot of games coming within like a five, six-day stretch there um, in Claremont, Florida. Uh, Tennis was also in action over the weekend. They got their second win of the season. Uh, They lost the first day uh, in Winona to Winona State, seven to nothing. And then they did end up taking uh, game two on Saturday, from the Peacocks from Upper Iowa, four to three. So they improved their record uh, to two and six. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know a whole lot about tennis. I mean, I, I know the general rules of it, but I didn't watch any of this uh, to know how to how to break down, you know, how they played or anything like that. So uh, I'm just going to give them credit where credit's due. Uh, good for them for getting that record up to two and six. And uh, hopefully they can continue to build on that. They, of course, also have a little bit of a break now, uh, and then they'll play in Rogers, Minnesota against Bethel on March the 4th. Um, so, so that's that. Uh, I know baseball is getting underway this weekend. Um, but I suppose we could touch on that. I, I don't want to spoil it, but I, we might've talked about it last week. Uh, we will be doing a second show this week. This is more of a, you know, breakdown spring sports and then basketball today, hockey, hockey Thursday. Um, so I guess, with without further ado, you want to kind of wrap up women's basketball season, CJ? Yeah, let's go right into wrapping up women's basketball. Now, they got a, a, a nice win against St. Cloud State. That kind of helped them uh, finish up their season. But in terms of women's basketball, I think pretty disappointing, I think, would be the word. Now, the team, you could argue, maybe didn't quite have the talent that they had in previous years and maybe kind of hitting that refresh, that core that they had with, with Czar and with Bachman and Yoder when when she had some players around her. Uh, that core that they had graduated throughout the last couple of years and now is gone, and now they're trying to find that new young core, and it was a bit of a struggle for them trying to get that going and trying to trying to reestablish themselves. They were eight and 18 overall on the season, five and 17 in conference play, including a massive losing streak uh, throughout uh, the middle of the, uh, maybe not massive is where I would put it, but a, a sizable losing streak throughout the year that really just kind of sunk them. I uh, believe it was from November 26th. And then they didn't win a game until basically new year's Eve. So you went almost the entire month of December without getting a win. And then January wasn't much better. So I, again, uh, not trying to, not trying to dump on them or anything. That's just how the season goes sometimes. And they're trying to reestablish themselves as a program and uh, with this new, new core. And sometimes that takes a little bit. Sometimes that takes a year or two, especially in division two women's basketball. You can't just reload necessarily when you get a good course. Sometimes you have to take that step back. Yeah, I think there was definitely some positives, especially towards the end of the season. Once late January and February kind of hit, you know, we got three wins out of the last, I think it's seven games of the year. So I guess if you're going to look at our overall record and then take that seven game sample size, uh, that's a pretty good seven game sample size for this team 
to build off of for next season. Um, but yeah, they finished, like you said, eight and 18 overall five and 17 in the conference. That is uh, obviously not good enough to make the NSIC basketball tournament, which uh, starting actually tonight, I know that it's been kind of moved up due to the weather. Uh, that's been hitting uh, oh, there, a lot of Minnesota. Some weather? Is that, uh, that impacting anybody lately? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just getting started too. So uh, yeah, eighth place in the NSIC North and a tie for 14th. Uh, overall in the conference with Winona State and Sioux Falls at five and seventeen, um, so there's definitely room to improve, uh, and and there's really nowhere to go but up from here. I I hope uh, for this team, and I, I do think you know we've seen them put it together in the past. We talked about it earlier this season, how you know before COVID kind of hit, they seemed like they were strutting in the right direction, and uh, that just seemed to kind of put a, a damper on how things were going. And I I do have faith that they can put it together. And at least now that, you know, six teams make the NSIC tournament, I think that they could be in a position next year where they're, they're trying to, you know, claw their way into the, into the tournament. Yeah. And looking here at some of the post season stats on that, everything's wrapped up looking at their scores. They're going to have to figure out who takes that kind of uh, who takes the baton in terms of scoring. Now that Yoder is uh, believe graduating. So Yoder, if you look at most of their games, she is the leading scorer in over half of them. Uh, you have Alyssa Hill, you have uh, Sam Bodeganish, uh, you have Maddie Shires. You have a few different names in there, but the name that pops up consistently is Trinity Yoder in some of the in the the scoring department. So they're going to have to figure that out. She also did a good part in rebounds as well. So figuring out who's going to kind of take that mantle of this was definitely her team this year. And now who takes that as kind of the leader and who uh, goes on from there uh, will be important in terms of trying to figure out this team. But looking overall at their uh, team statistics, they averaged about 59 and a half points per game, but defensively giving up about 69 points a game from the field is really where it got them. They shot 38% from the field. Their opponents shot about 41 and a half from three. They shot 27 and a half percent and free throws made uh, three pointers rather made per game was about five from the free throw line. We're about 70% in terms of rebounding. They had about 35 rebounds a game and their opponents were getting about 39 to 40 assists per game. were about even Bemidji state getting just a little bit more compared to their opponents this season turnovers per game. BSU is averaging 16 per game. Their opponents, 14 uh, steals, about the same blocks, about the same. And that's kind of the uh, the breakdown of things. Looking by the quarter by quarter, uh, the third quarter is probably their best of the season, looking at their amount of points scored. Uh, but really, uh, compared to their opponents, they just have gotten outscored uh, every time when you when you stack it up like that. Looking at their leading score, Trinity Yoder was their leading score with 413 points on the season. Alyssa Hill had 296. Sam Podogancic had 244. Maddie Shears had 135. Isabel Majeski had 128. And then it kind of dips off a little bit. You have Aaron Burnett, Rachel Cohen, some of these names uh, down below 100 points scored on the season. And in three-point percentage, it was Alyssa Hill leading the way with a 41% uh, three-point percentage and rebounding was uh, Podiganich down low, averaging about six and a half rebounds per game. So a lot of information to throw at you here, Ian, but that's kind of a by the book tale of the tape, how this season has gone for the Lady Beavers in basketball. Yeah, the one thing that really stands out to me is the shooting numbers. I mean, I think you said 38% from the field overall. That's that's pretty low. Um, You know, and I know it's going to be different. Um, Obviously, if you're going to take like 
Well, in the NBA, teams typically shoot around 50% from the field. And I know that, you know, these it's a lot easier for an NBA center to hit a layup from underneath than it is for a lot of these Division II women because they're probably about a foot taller than most of these uh, uh, posts are. So so there's there's going to be some discrepancy just in the physical stature of those two. So don't don't compare like NBA statistics to, to Division II college basketball. Um, but still, 38% is uh, is pretty low, especially, like you said, um, 41% given up uh, on the opposing end. But uh, I, I think that's that's kind of what we had talked about. Almost every time this year that we talked about women's basketball and kind of deep dip, uh, took a deep dive into stats and uh, exactly what went wrong, it seemed to be poor shooting. Um, and uh, obviously with men's, we talked about rebounding, winning the rebounding battle. And with women's, it seemed to be poor shooting. I think those are two, two things that have kind of struck – uh, consistently throughout the, the season with this team. And hopefully uh, they can find a way to bring in some offense next year um, and, and really help the scoring out. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think that they could do it. Um, I think there's not too many. How many seniors does this team have? It didn't seem like it was that old of a team. Yoder um, was the main one. And I think that's, I think maybe there's one other senior on this team. I apologize. I don't have the, the number off the top of my head for those listening, but yeah, it's, they're 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 a youthful team, and I think we also touched on that throughout the year. Is like that last core. They got a lot of playing time when they were younger. Took a lot of lumps, had a lot of losses, but the idea, yeah, a lot of was growing that, pain, was that they were going to grow together and kind of figure things out on the fly. And it was better to get them on the court than to not have them on the court. And I think that's kind of what this team had. And back to the shooting percentage, Ian. And I think that just the interesting thing about that is because this is a team and. I believe they've pretty much kept the same philosophy because Coach Chelsea DeVille has been here uh, this whole time since I followed BSU women's basketballs. They're a team that doesn't necessarily like the outside game. They're a team that likes to get it down low into the post post and move the offense off of that. They're a team that that likes to do it that way uh, traditionally, and that's at least how she has been philosophically, and maybe things have changed a little bit here and there. But when you want to play that style of offense, you're going to need more you're going to need better shooting from the floor, especially if you want to get it down into the post and you want to do do some of those other things if you're not quite relying on, on the three ball. And that's not a critique on anybody. That's just saying, like, if you want to play that style of basketball, that's just something that's going to have to get a little bit better uh, as as they try and get better. Exactly, exactly. Um, I, I think that this team has has room to improve like we talked about all those years ago, um, the growing pains are going to be right now, but hopefully, you know, even if it's not next year, even if we just see like a one, one win improvement or two win improvement on, on the overall um, and like one win in the conference or something, just at least taking that next step to, to hopefully getting this program turned in the, in the right direction would be uh, something to look forward to. And uh, I do think that this, this could be a, a quick turnaround here for the, for the lady beavers. Exactly. And it all depends on the players you got coming in and, and we'll find out more about that and, and, and do a little bit more deep diving as the, as the spring goes on and we start to kind of look at what next year's team looks like. But yeah, I mean, Podigancic is there. You, you got some, uh, you got some other young players who are getting their, their time and just got to see him take that next step. Like you're talking about. So uh, Ian, unless there's something else with women's basketball you want to touch on, uh, I think we can move on a little bit. And uh, and is there anything else you want to wrap up in this portion of the podcast? No, I think we uh, I think we got it all covered. Um, like One we last... said, we're gonna yeah, go ahead. 
One last thing I want to mention before we kind of wrap things up here. Uh, I saw this on Twitter and maybe we mentioned it on last week's podcast and maybe we didn't was uh, uh, looking at a piece of Beaver related news. Uh, and that is that a former Beaver alumni is actually making some waves. So uh, Hannah Zarr, who was on this team uh, about five or six years ago now, I believe she was probably a senior in 2016. So uh, a few years ago now, uh, she graduated, uh, she graduated from BSU, moved on, got into coaching and is now an assistant coach for Cleveland state women's basketball, like a pretty prominent assistant coach on that team. So that's pretty cool. Cleveland state, I believe division one in women's college ball. Yeah, they should be a division one team. So that's that's good. It's good for her getting her name out there and uh, exposing the brand of BSU. I guess that's a, that's a really good thing. It's the Beaver brand. That's what we try and what we try and do here, Ian. Trying to trying to bring that around. Exactly. Uh, anything else? Uh, anything else you want to touch on with uh, Bemidji State? Well, do you want to go over you know men's basketball how their weekend well, was and maybe preview this? Uh... Yeah. Let- yeah, yeah, let's preview that a little bit. So the men's basketball team, uh, they beat Crookston. They got the win that they needed to get. And then they absolutely – or St. Cloud State, excuse me. Yeah, St. Cloud. And then they got their lunch handed to them by, by <laughs> yeah. UMD. Uh, I, I got there on Sunday morning. I was I was t- – or Sunday afternoon, rather. I was having lunch with some family. And they were like, did you see the score of that Bemidji State game? I was like, no, I, I didn't catch it. Like, I was just really busy Saturday night. I didn't have a chance to get to it. And he showed me the final score, and I was like, oh, oh, yikes. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what went into that, but, uh, but yeah, not a, not a great uh, way to end the season against a ranked opponent in, in UMD, especially considering how well they played against Moorhead, but, uh, you know, doesn't matter. New season starts, but, uh, yeah, anything, you, any, anything you have to say about that weekend, Ian? Yeah, not really. Um, you know, we kind of already knew where we were standing, uh, in the fourth spot in the NSIC North. We were just trying to keep that momentum going, I think. And, uh, we did and didn't, you know, we, we at least got the split, um, but you would have liked to have been a little bit more competitive against Duluth, but that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, sometimes you're not going to show up and play your best game. Um, and that, I guess, was apparent against a pretty good Duluth team um, who is now in the playoffs and they've already advanced to the next round. You know, some of these games are getting pushed up to Tuesday um, because of the inclement weather that's, you know, pushing across the upper Midwest. Uh, Minnesota Duluth played Mankato uh, in the first round a couple hours ago. And they ended up beating them 88 to 68. Um, the other game that's gone final so far is Minot State taking a one point victory in three overtimes Woo! over SMSU. Uh, so Minot State advancing the North so far 2 and 0 in the uh, NSIC tournament. And the game that's starting uh, actually just about 20 minutes ago should be St. Cloud State and Sioux Falls. That game is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So, and then the only one that's tomorrow will be the Beavers and Augustana. So um, I guess, surprise, surprise. Now we haven't touched on that, but uh, that's who the Beavers drew, you know, Uh, Augustana, a team that we've beaten this year when we played them earlier. Uh, The one game we have played them in was a four point victory in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Now the script is flipped and it'll be in Bemidji. uh, And hopefully we can keep that momentum going. Um, They did release, the regional rankings um, for the NCAAs and the Beavers were not under the consideration listing. So I'm assuming that that means um, that our season is likely over if we were to lose in the NSIC tournament. So, um, and that's not necessarily surprising. Like I said, I think we would have had to probably beat Duluth um, to even be close to that category this weekend. Um, 
but you know, it's not surprising. Um, it, it's kind of where we we thought we were the whole season. Uh, was just kind of on the outside looking in, just trying to trying to do the best we can, make the NSIC tournament, and win a couple games here. Um, and I still think that's the goal. I think the the minimum should probably be, you know, continue this success and beat Augustana and at least get to um, the quarterfinals uh, at the Pentagon. You know, that's that's what I'm uh, looking for. And uh, our our quarterfinal matchup would be Wayne State uh, should we advance. Uh, and, of course, Thursday we will be either breaking down the end of the season or uh, previewing that matchup uh, against Wayne State. Um, so we'll touch on that more if we get to it. But Augustana, I'm I'm happy with the matchup. You know, it was looking like it was either them or Mankato. Uh, and either of those teams we had beaten. And, you know, that doesn't mean a ton because, you know, it's a different game. It's a different game every day. You know, we we lost to St. Cloud the first time we played them, and then we beat them by 18 the second time. So every game is different. Um, it's been over a month since we played Augustana now. So obviously it's it's never going to be the same script. But um I, I'm I'm thinking it's it's a good thing for us to go into a game against an opponent that we know we can handle rather than just going in and say, Oh yeah, here, play Northern State, uh, who you haven't beaten this year. Um and, and I think that's a probably a good thing. Yeah, gives them a little bit of, of momentum here. Gives them a chance to get that playoff started off on the right foot at the BSU Gymnasium. And by the way, uh, that's something that we talked about. You know, get a playoff game, get a chance to get some fans inside the BSU Gymnasium and get that place rocking. And it appears that the university is doing everything they can to get people to that game. I believe the first uh, 100 students get in free to the playoff game. Now, I know students get in free to every basketball game but i don't know if it's because it's playoffs that the nsic mandates that students have to pay but bsu i believe covering the cost of those first 100 students to i mean come i can't in. imagine it's super expensive to be honest with you but yeah no, but that's... you tell a college student free and they're gonna just oh yeah run in there they're doing a white out as well they want everyone yep. to wear white for the game so that's really cool and i, I i'm curious i want to watch the live stream of of this in certain points in the game to see uh what that fan experience is like because i think once you're in the game i think bemidji state does a really good job of keeping people entertained and having a bunch of cool promotions and all that throughout the game but now the team is good enough where people want to come in and they want to watch and they want to get a little crazy and it's a team in augustana that has traditionally been good and traditionally had postseason runs so a chance to kind of show who you are against them will be really important and by the way, looking at that game against Duluth, here's why they lost. I mean, one big reason why they had their lowest shooting performance of the season, shooting 30 and a half percent from the field and 13 percent in the first half. That's not going to do it. 13 percent. They had 11 points. It was 45 to 11 at halftime. So and, and there's oh two ways. My- God, there's two ways of tracking that one way is, oh, my gosh, like UMD just locked us down defensively. They gave us no good shots. We couldn't do anything. And the second one is, hey, man, we just we couldn't shoot like we were just off for whatever reason. And you hope it's the second one. Time will tell. But yeah, this matchup against Dagestana will be interesting. Getting the winning the boards is going to be something that's going to be very, very instrumental for this team, getting Sutherland and getting Kone going are going to be big in this matchup against Augie. Uh, having the home court advantage is big. Having Augustana have to drive through all the snow and what will probably be a longer bus ride if they haven't made that already from Sioux Falls up to Bemidji. Definitely in the Beavers' favor to not have to travel in this situation. And then getting to play on the home court and 
uh, getting getting the BSU gymnasium pack should help. And not only that, uh, not only do they need to win to try and advance and get to the Pentagon, but they do need to win because friend of the podcast, Marcus Asmus, uh, who was a guest uh, the last time they played Augustana, and he shared a little bit about his experience with all that, uh, he and I made a bet. So the winner of this game has to send the loser gear from the other school, and we got to post it on Facebook. So please... Please oh, BSU. I don't want to. I I don't want to be repping any Augie merch at all. I, yeah. I I, I want to order like a double XL shirt for Marcus, so he can, so he has to so he has to wear that thing. So so come on guys, come on Beavs. Let, let's step it up for for the Beaver Banter podcast. Please, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think may, the main keys to to beating Augustana is, you know, don't want to sound like a a beaten beaten on drum here, but winning the rebounding and then just like not having an 11 point half is going to be, you know, a big thing. I'm still, I'm still looking at these like stats with my jaw just dropped like 44% from the free throw line. They shot better from the three point arc than they did from the field. Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's probably a little bit of a combination of Duluth playing really good defense and like, just like the shots will not fall. Like they physically will not. And it's just, mm-hmm. there are some of those nights that the, they just don't go in and you just don't know what it is. You know, it's just, the team is just not shooting well. Uh, and that can happen, you know, that can happen to anybody at any time. And that's why in a single game format like this, uh, it's so exciting to watch college hoops uh, because, you know, in the NBA, you watch it and yeah, you have an off game and you lose by 30, you come back in two, three days and you do it again. You know, you got a couple, couple more tries at it. Um, but everything's at stake here. Now that we're in tournament play, um, and uh, everything's everything's up for grabs. And uh, I think that they, they can absolutely beat this Augustana team. Uh, they've done it before. Uh, it was probably a little bit closer. I'd have to go back and look. Let me pull up the box score. I think it was – I think Augustana kind of pulled into the game late. I, I do remember tracking we, yeah. this one. And I was like, okay, we were kind of up by double digits most of the game, I believe. And then it was kind of a late run by Augustana, if I remember anything correctly, that kind of just made it seem a little closer. But um, again, not that that means anything. Um, We still have to show up and we still have to perform. Um, And like you said, the travel is going to be a big thing, you know, especially in weather like this. Um, Who knows? Maybe Augustana is already in Bemidji. Um, Maybe they've already decided, you know what, let's get out in front of the weather. Uh, We're going to be there um, before anything starts. Uh, They won't have to travel through the weather. Um, well, actually, you know, the game is tomorrow, so they might actually, that might not actually be like a ridiculous thing to say. They right. may actually, they could have totally came today. here. They could have totally got here yesterday or like this morning, like left last night or something along those lines. Exactly. And, and so, but still, you know, they're sleeping in hotels. They're not, you know, back in their own houses or dorms or wherever they're staying at, uh, in their comfort of their own abode. Um, they're they're in Bemidji, and uh, I'm sure there's fans all around the the team hotel uh, all night long tonight, even through the storms. That are going to be blasting loud music. Uh, you know, it's going to be shades of of the Mexican fans when the U.S. goes to play in uh, Stadio Azteca. You know, they're not going to let the buses travel through the streets. It's going to be hell for those Augustana players. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> that's how Pack. passionate the the Bemidji community is about basketball. Pack Highway 71. They're not allowed on that thing. <laughs> exactly um but yeah i mean i'm i'm excited i don't have any plans as of right now so i'm actually gonna be able to sit down and watch 
the entirety of this playoff game uh, from what I expect tomorrow evening. Uh, and then, uh, of course, if we win, we'll we'll touch on that on Thursday um, for the playoffs this weekend. And I, I'm going to go ahead and bookmark it. I think that that we'll be we'll be doing that. You know, we'll be talking about a 32 point victory over Augustana, and I was never even close. Ooh, let's go, Ian Collin is shot. Yeah, I think we're talking about the Beavers playing down at the Pentagon this time, uh, about 24 hours or. 48 hours or whenever, when we decide to record that, that podcast post game, and we will be ready to, uh, to preview that matchup against, like you said, Wayne state and looking at, uh, looking at everything there. So uh, I have nothing, nothing to add other than roll damn beeves though. Yeah. Roll damn beeves.